If you're looking to enhance your personal or group Bible study, look no further than the Jeremiah Bible Study Series. In each volume, Dr. David Jeremiah helps you understand what the Bible says and how to apply it. Along the way, you will gain insights into the text, identify key themes, and be challenged to apply the truth found in Scripture to your life. Get your copy today. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca slash study. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash study. To live with purpose and intention each day, it's helpful to have marching orders like the clear direction provided by the Apostle Paul. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah wraps up the series, Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World with explicit instructions to help believers remain virtuous and vigilant in today's world. Listen as David introduces the conclusion of his message, Stay Convinced. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we can live a life of unshakable confidence, and we can stay convinced of who we are and who God says we are. We have a little song that we sing at church that goes like this, I am who he says I am. And that's true. We are who God says we are. We are not who others say we are. We're not even who sometimes we tell ourselves we are. We are who God says we are, and we can stay convinced of our truth, and we can know that if we have confidence and we walk with him, we will never, ever stray. That's the final message in this series, Romans 13, 11 through 14. Friends, we have some cards that have captured every one of these messages, and these are free. I haven't said much about them, but I know you're getting information about them through social media. Uh, these cards are called Unshakable Confidence Challenge Each Day with This Message, and you will get through each day. Now, these were good for the series, but now they're more important after the series is over. These cards will capture for you and remind you of the truth that we have been talking about. And there's one for each of these messages that we have shared, and you can get these absolutely free. All you have to do is ask for them. There's nothing required, no gift. Just say, send me the cards, and they'll be on their way. These things that we have developed to help you, we are passionate about the Word of God, and not just preaching it, but internalizing it. You know, the Word of God is no good if we just listen to it and understand it. The Bible is to be learned and then applied. What does it say? What does it mean? And what does it mean to me? That's the whole concept behind the Jeremiah Study Bible and all the Bible studies we do here at Turning Point. So thank you for allowing us to teach this series. Thank you to those who have gotten the book. And uh, may God use this truth to really Put some steel rods in your Christian life and make you the person you always wanted to be. Let's finish up now with Stay Convinced, Romans 13. This is the last lesson in the series, Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World. When a person says, do you believe in salvation? You say, yeah, I believe in all three tenses. <laughs> I believe I have been saved. I believe I am being saved. And praise God, I believe one day I'm going to be saved from the very presence of sin. I'm thankful for the salvation from the penalty. I'm grateful that every day as I trust the Lord and use the spiritual disciplines in my life, I can be saved more and more from the power of sin. But I'm looking forward to that day when I shall be saved completely from the very presence of sin. 
It's that third tense that Paul is talking about here when he says, now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. He is saying the moment when we're going to be saved from the very presence of sin is just around the corner, so you better be awake. You better be watching. Threefold salvation is what Paul is talking about here and is reminding us of the eminence of our Lord's return. And then he gives us a little bit about the incentive of our Lord's return. He says, our love for Christ is incentive enough for us to await his return, but Paul gives us a little bit more. He says, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of our sleep. What does that mean, to awake out of our sleep? It means to become alert to what's going on around you. When you are asleep, you're unconscious. I need to tell you that much of the church today is unconscious when it comes to what's going on in the world and how it affects their life and their future and their hope. They may be saved, they may know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and they have never had a prophetic or theological thought in their entire adult life. They're simply asleep, asleep to what's happening in the world. Paul wants to astonish us out of our sluggishness with his words of urgency, and once he has our attention, he tells us what to do. He says we're to awake out of our sleep. And then in the context of Romans 13 11, he gives us all kinds of instructions as to what we're to do now that we're awake. For instance, look at verse 8. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. If you go through the 13th chapter of Romans, you will see all of the Ten Commandments, almost all of them. And you will remember, if you know the Old Testament, that the Ten Commandments are divided in half. The final six tell us how to love people. The first four tell us how to love God. Have you ever noticed that? The first four commandments are about our love for God. The final six commandments are about our love for other people. Don't violate your neighbor. Don't commit adultery. Don't do all those things that hurt one another. And of course, the first four commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Now, what Paul is doing here is he's saying, if you understand the times, if you realize that your salvation is nearer than it has ever been before, if you know that and you are awake to the times, one of the first things you're going to do is get your relationships in order. Amen? Get your relationships in order. Well, I'll take care of that relationship some other time. You know, one of these days I want to get around to resolving that conflict I have with my son. Or one of these days I'm going to fix that issue I had with the guy I used to work with for 25 years and now we don't even speak. And Paul says you need to awake out of your sleep and remember that one of the things God has given you, one of the commandments he's given you, in fact he spent six commandments to do it, is your relationships with other people. And you're to love one another, and you're to get your relationships in order. Awake out of your sleep. Now, we're not only to watch vigilantly, but here's the second strategy in the final strategy. We're to war valiantly. Watch vigilantly, war valiantly. Forgive my penchant for alliteration, but maybe we'll help you remember. What else can we do? Notice Romans 13, 12. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. There it is. That's a military term. The Bible says that as we wait for the Lord to come back, we're to be good soldiers. I don't know if you know what it's like to live in a military community, but I do. We live in San Diego and we've had our 4th of July celebration and we give medals out to all the veterans and all the people that are currently serving in the military in our big celebration. We have them all come on the platform. Sometimes when we do those events and we have all those people there, I love to do this. 
I said, okay, before we leave today, I want us all to be military for just a moment. I'm going to count one, two, three, and everybody shout at the top of your voice. hoo <laughs> Woke you up, didn't I? You want to do that? Let's do that. One, two, three. hoo Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. hoo means we're ready. We're energized. We're awake. We're alert. We need some hoo days among Christians, don't we? Awake to see that the world around us is going to hell in a handbasket, and we have the only answer that's going to make a difference, and it's no time for us to be sitting on our hands or planning the next church social. God has called us to a military profile in the midst of what we're doing. Now, what does that mean? Well, he gives us some instructions. First of all, he says, when you war valiantly, you put off darkness. And right there in the text, he says, we're to cast off darkness. And he chooses a verb that's very decisive. We're to deliberately, purposefully, significantly, and permanently put aside the things of darkness. What are the things of darkness? The things that used to characterize us before we became Christians. Isn't it surprising how we can be saved from something, and then if we're not careful, we drift back into it, and it begins to interrupt the joy of our relationship. By rights, the old man should have no hold on us. But I'm here to tell you, when you become a Christian, the old nature is not annihilated. Can I get a witness? There's some people that teach that when you become a Christian, you no longer have an old nature. Well, if that's the case, please explain yourself. Why are you the way you are? (laughs) Amen? I've had this little poem in my Bible for years that helps me understand the war that goes on. And here it is. Two natures beat within my breast. The one is foul. The one is blessed. The one I love, the one I hate, the one I feed will dominate. That's the truth, isn't it? Isn't that the truth? Two natures beat within my breast. The one is foul. The one is blessed. The one I love, the one I hate, the one I feed will dominate. What is Paul saying here? He's saying, cast off the darkness. Don't feed the old nature. Don't do things that allow the old nature to begin to dominate in your life. Put away the darkness. Don't tell lies. Speak the truth. Be the kind of person God created you to be. Be the kind of person his death on the cross was meant to create for you. What happens to us as believers, if we can just be honest for a moment, is we don't usually get caught in the big things. I remember one time hearing Chuck Swindoll say that marriages don't go bad through a blowout, but through a slow leak. (laughs) And he's right, isn't he? And that's the way the Christian life is, too. You don't usually get up one morning and say, you know what, I don't think I'm going to serve God anymore today. I'm tired of this. I'm just going to go do what I want to do. No. But what happens is little by little we make concessions. We give away territory that belongs to God, and we little by little, and I watched this over a 40-year pastoral period of time, And it's the saddest thing in the world to see people that were on fire for Jesus Christ just little by little give away the ground that God has provided for them. So we're to put off the darkness. And then it says, put on the light. You say, Pastor Jeremiah, how in the world do you put on light? Put on the armor of light. Well, in chaotic times when the battle is raging wildly, More than ever, we need to strap on the armor of light. More than ever, we need to know our allies from our enemies. And we need to stand on the wall and not sit on the fence. (laughs) 
You know, a lot of Christians sit on the fence these days. They kind of got one foot over in the world and one foot in the church, and they're trying to straddle it. I don't know anything that's more uncomfortable than sitting on a fence. It's not what God intended us to do. He put us together so we would stand on the wall and be warriors for the truth. You say, Dr. Jeremiah, how do I put on the armor of light? Well, there's a way to do that. There's a way to do that. You can put on that armor every day. You can ask God to help you live in such a way that you will shine forth. That, you know, we're none of us are light. We're just reflectors. But if you know anything about a reflector, the way to get the brightest light out of a reflector is keep it clean. Isn't that true? If a reflector gets all muddied up with dirt, it won't reflect the light. So if I'm going to be a good reflector of Jesus Christ, I need to be clean. I need to walk in godliness and righteousness. So I would suggest to you that God has called us, first of all, to watch vigilantly and to war valiantly. And then he says we're to walk virtuously. Here's Paul's third admonition. Notice verse 13. Let us walk properly. It's right in the text. The Bible says that if you believe Jesus is coming back and you're awake to that truth, one of the things you're going to do is you're going to walk properly. It's going to have an impact. All these people that say prophecy doesn't have anything to do with the current way you live just haven't read the Bible because the Bible makes prophecy a strong motivation for godly living. And the Bible says that if you're a Christian, you will walk properly. Now notice how you do that. He goes through all these sins, and I'm not going to take time to do that. You can read those in your own Bible. We're to reject public sins, drunkenness, and revelry. We're to renounce private sins. These are usually the most dangerous ones, lewdness and lust and strife and envy. The self-centered person becomes concerned with ego. Do you know what ego is? E-G-O, edging God out. That's what it is. Ego edges God out every time. And Paul says if you're going to live in light of the return of Christ and be vigilant as you wait for his return, you're going to have to put off darkness and put on light and walk properly. And then number four, we're to wait victoriously. So we've encountered a lot of soldierly discipline here. Here's the payoff. All these things that Paul asks us to do are possible and all of them are positive. Somebody say, well, the Christian life is hard. No, it's not. It's impossible. <laughs> And that's why if you try to do it in your own strength, you will fail. But the Spirit of God has been given to all of us to empower us to live this life. How do we get from where we are to where we want to go? Well, let's spend our last few moments talking about that. Maybe you're like a lot of people that I meet when I travel, a lot of folks that I know in our church. Good people who love the Lord, attend church regularly, try to pray, and yet all of the time they're doing this, they have this sense that there's something missing in their life. A.W. Tozier writes about the spiritual craving people were feeling back in his time. He said, The hungry sheep look up and are not fed, and it's a solemn thing and no small scandal in the kingdom to see God's children starving while actually seated at the Father's table. (laughs) Maybe you're hearing some of the messages that I've been preaching and you're thinking, You know, I would love to experience more of God. I'd love to be able to be confident in these crazy days in which I live. But my days are a series of small defeats and clusters of sin that I can't overcome and prayers that don't seem to ever get answered. Is there some way to get past the obstacles and live the kind of life you have been describing? And the answer, as you might expect, is yes. Nobody has to live a disappointing Christian life. At the end of this passage, Paul speaks very pointedly, and he tells us, to do a couple of things. They're so simple. They're almost so 
evident and obvious. I'm embarrassed to say them. But then when I read them again and look at my own life, I realize how powerful they really are. First of all, in verse 14, he says, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on Christ. Now, that's a good biblical term, but I mean, what does it mean? Ray Stedman, who's with the Lord now, but has left us a great legacy of his writings, here's what he says. Listen to this. He says, when I get up in the morning, I put on my clothes, intending them to be a part of me all day, to go where I go and do what I do. They cover me and make me presentable to others. And that is the purpose of clothes. In the same way, the Apostle Paul is saying to us, put on Jesus Christ when you get up in the morning. Make him a part of your life all through the day. Intend that he go with you everywhere you go and that he act through you in everything you do. Call upon his resources. Live your life in Christ. Every morning when you get up, put on Christ. Say, Lord God, today it's you and me. In the person of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, I'll walk in his presence. I'll live in his power. I won't take him any place that will embarrass him. I won't engage in any conduct that would bring shame to him. Lord Jesus, you and I are going to walk through this day together. I'm putting on Christ. What a great thought. Tomorrow morning, before you do anything else, you put your feet on the floor and just put on Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, you and I are going to walk through this day together. Just you and me. And then it says, and this is sort of the negative, make no provision for the flesh. That's an incredible warning. It involves this. It helps us understand that if we are vigilant Christians, if we are really awake, we can see the enemy coming down the road toward us and we can take steps to keep it from happening. Here's a wonderful story from one of our past presidents, Harry Truman. David McCullough, who wrote on Truman's life, said that President Truman was in the midst of talks with the USSR and Great Britain. And the question at hand was what to do with post-war Germany. There was a great deal of anxiety and stress, and after one really tough day, according to a Secret Service agent, Truman was ready to head back to his quarters. An Army public relations officer jauntily asked him for a ride. Truman, always the down-to-earth type, gave him a seat in the car, and as a thank-you gesture, the stranger offered to get Truman anything he wanted from the city's thriving black market. He suggested a few of the products he dealt in, cigarettes, watches, whiskey, and women, with a leering emphasis on that final one. The smile was gone from President Truman's face. He replied, listen, son, I married my sweetheart. She doesn't run around on me, and I don't run around on her. I want that understood. Don't ever mention that kind of stuff to me again. How would you like to get dressed down by the President of the United States like that? When they arrived at the yellow stucco house assigned for his use at the conference, Truman left the car with no further word, and that officer was humbled beyond belief. I don't know where Truman was spiritually, but I know this. He understood the principle of not making any provision for the flesh. He didn't discuss it with him. He didn't joke about it with him. He definitively said, that's not on my agenda. Don't ever bring it up again. There's an old Native American saying that goes like this. Call on God, but row away from the rocks. <laughs> that is a great strategy, isn't it? 
Call on God, but row away from the rocks. The idea is to put yourself in the best situation to succeed and as far away as possible from the place of failure. And some people need to erase a few streets from their map. And some people need to install software to protect their eyes from what comes on their computer. And if you're on a diet, don't loiter at the ice cream parlor. I read a story about a guy who was on a diet and he lost a lot of weight and his problem used to be he ate donuts and donuts just were his thing. And then he fell off the wagon. And somebody asked him about it. He says, well, how'd you fall off the wagon? He said, well, he said, um, I wanted a donut really bad and I, I took it to the Lord. And I said, Lord, I'm, I'm going to drive by the donut shop this morning and if there's a place in the front of the donut shop, I'll know it's all right for me to park there and go get my donut. And he said, on the 14th time around the block, he answered my prayer. <laughs> well, that's making provision for the flesh, isn't it? We don't need to be doing that. We need to take seriously this command. You know, here's something I've learned along the way, and I've shared this a lot with men. Did you know that the Bible tells us there are four things we're to run from? Did you know that? Most of the time the Bible says, stand up like a man, be a good soldier. But if you study the New Testament, here are four things we're to run away from. Idolatry, youthful lusts, materialism, and sexual immorality. Here, 1 Corinthians six eighteen to 20 says, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Once again, Ray Stedman says, flee immorality. That's the advice everywhere in the Bible. Don't try to fight it. Don't try to overcome it. Don't try to suppress it. Get away from it. These are subtle, powerful forces, and the widespread destruction we see in lives around us is simple testimony to the subtlety with which they can conquer us. So, we're to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and not make any provision for the flesh. When you think about your life, if you struggle in some areas, I can almost promise you that if you sit down and think it through, you will figure out where the road is that leads you in that direction. Get a new road, get a new map, take a new way to work, eat lunch with different people, whatever it is you have to do. The Bible says in these critical days, you can't get sidetracked by getting caught in the snare of the enemy. So put on Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. That's what the Bible teaches, and that's what you and I are called upon to do. We are living in unprecedented times, and the message that Paul gives to us in Romans 13 is a message we need today. We need it in our lives. We need it in our churches. We need to awake out of our sleep and get functioning as God's people with our eyes wide open, newspaper in one hand, a Bible in the other, looking up to the Lord Jesus and knowing that his coming is soon and we have the opportunity to live in this generation before he returns. What a privilege we have. Let's don't blow it. Let's don't mess it up. Let's don't get caught up in some lesser pursuit when we have the opportunity to be God's people in the generation, I believe, that will see his return. I think we're in the season. I don't know the day. But I do personally believe if the Lord gives me my health, I'm going to be alive when he comes back. And I want to live that way every day. I get up every day with a greater sense of urgency than I've ever had. We're working harder to get the gospel out around the world than we've ever worked before. And God honors our urgency. I need you to hear that. He honors the urgency that we bring to the task. This is no time to rest on what he's done for us. This is time for us to be his champions all over the world. <laughs> 
Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you have enjoyed Romans 13, 11 through 14. You need to take your highlighter and highlight that section in Romans 13. It is one of the key verses that help us understand how to live in a chaotic world. One last time, this is it. You won't have to be listening to me talk about this anymore. This is my last opportunity. I'm not even going to talk about this on Friday, which is the last day of the month. This is your opportunity to get the book, Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World, Certain Hope for Uncertain Times. Here's how you do it. Send a gift of any size to Turning Point and then ask for the book. This 230-page book will be on its way to you, and you will feel the confidence of knowing you have in print everything you've listened to for these last few days during the month of April. This book will be something you will have in your library, and when you think, what was it that Dr. Jeremiah said about that? Well, you can go back and find it. It's right here. We do this on purpose because we know the Word of God is going to be there for you when you need it. Once again, ask for your copy of Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World, and it will be on its way. Now, tomorrow, we're going to end up the month, although we've ended the series today, and I'm going to talk with you about a signature message on prayer. It's called Intersections of Prayer, How to Use the Lord's Prayer for Your Own Daily Prayer Time. Don't miss tomorrow. We'll see you then. I'm David Jeremiah. What a privilege it has been for me to be your host and teacher during this series. See you next time. Our message today came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Dr. David Jeremiah, the senior pastor. Is Turning Point making a difference in your life? Share your story by writing to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, Living with Confidence in a Chaotic World, and live with certainty in these uncertain times. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet, or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to access our programs and resources. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as Dr. David Jeremiah shares a special message, Intersections of Prayer, here on Turning Point. If you enjoy listening to Turning Point with David Jeremiah, you'll be happy to hear that there is now a daily Turning Point television broadcast that you can watch each weekday. Tune in to Faith TV, Joy TV, or Miracle Channel Monday through Friday to watch the Turning Point daily television broadcast. Be sure to check your local listings for the channel and time in your area. Or visit davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV to download a program schedule or watch at your convenience. That website again is davidjeremiah.ca forward slash TV. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible, drawing on more than 40 years of study by Dr. David Jeremiah. Take your personal Bible study deeper with unique introductions to each book of the Bible. 55 full-page articles exploring the essential themes of the Christian life. 8,000 study notes with insightful and practical content, an extensive cross-reference system, and helpful sidebars that extend to topics beyond the study notes. You can also take advantage of online resources available to you at jeremiahstudybible.com. Great for individual or small group studies, this Bible is available in the New King James, 
and new international versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print with several cover options. For more information or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca slash JSB. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash JSB. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. 